0: Did you ever think, wow, I'm not talking in my real voice? Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But the chances are excellent that someone in your adult life, forget about your childhood, we know that's a fact, but someone in your adult life, teacher, boss, made a comment about your voice and how you better change it if you were ever going to be taken seriously, earn money, get ahead, you fill in the blank. That's what I've been dealing with with clients all week. That's what I'm talking about today. I think you're going to like this episode. I know it's important and I don't want you to miss a minute. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you with me today, as always. And I've got a great episode for you. And this episode today is really based on specifically something that went down in one of my assessments on my new show, The Psychology of the Voice podcast. I'm not sure if you've seen it yet, heard it yet. You wouldn't see it, but hear it, heard it. But in the, in the moment with strangers, I'm assessing their voices and telling them how they're being processed in the subconscious of the listener and how that's not working for them, or what's working or what's not working. We lead with sounds that misrepresent us, and we don't reveal sounds that do represent us. So there was one episode in particular that really locked in my decision to do this topic today. But as I've told you many times before, I generally pick my topics for this show based on what is coming up a lot around the time I'm recording. And I've seen that classically happen. When one thing comes up, a bunch of my people, we're talking about it. And so this came up a number of times the week that I did this interview, this assessment with this woman. You'll hear the show. If you listen to the show, her name is Katie. Katie you will hear the whole thing go down. So what I'm gonna talk about today is giving all our power away because of something one person said. It's classic psychology of the voice, but it's not psychology of the voice before we're five. It's later in life psychology of the voice. Now, before I dive into all the content, if you're listening and if you want to be assessed on the Psychology of the Voice podcast, if I've never worked with you, then just send over an email, Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y, com. I also want to let you know, I've got a couple of new trainings going down. One is the Elevated Experience Training. My next one is the 23rd at 11 a.m. Central. And then I've got an all-new voice experience coming out on April 6th. I'm going to put those links to register in the show notes, and I would love to have you join me, and certainly I'd love to assess your voice on the new show. If you haven't listened to the new show, check it out. I'm getting a lot of great feedback, rave reviews on it. I I think you'll really love it. Now... When I assessed Katie, and I'm not telling you anything on this show that I didn't discuss with her in that moment and our time together, but I was picking up on these sounds. And as you know, I can tell you how you are being processed in the subconscious of the listener. And I think that sometimes people can't even wrap their mind around that. What a secret weapon that is. But my gosh, if you are coming across defensive and needing to prove or arrogant or any of the repellent sounds and you don't realize it, and I can tell you that's how subtle nuances are being processed, why in the world would you not jump on that bandwagon? So this Sound was just really needling me. And it felt like defense. It felt like arrogance. It felt like needing to prove. I was, I was really wrangling with this sound because sometimes it is a clear needing to prove sound. Sometimes it is a clear people-pleasing sound. Sometimes it is a different sound. In fact, when I have people do sales pitches for me, I can tell the difference in the sound of, you think I'm not going to buy, you think I can't afford you. They are slightly different. So these sounds I was getting were not lining up specifically with needing to prove, but there was a, I'm going to use the term know-it-all thing happening, a don't- don't try to tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. There was a, an edge, a seriousness, a professionalism, if you will, that did not represent the seventh-layer sounds. They were The seventh-layer sounds were very different. And in the show, what I do is I just ask questions and have people start talking, and I start assessing. The whole show is 35 minutes and then I start asking questions based on what I believe that I hear happening, and that those answers to those questions validate so I can move forward very quickly. The sounds weren't lining up, and as she was talking about the work that she was doing, that she does, she's a massage therapist, sounds weren't lining up, weren't lining up with anything, weren't lining up with the lead sounds, weren't lining up with the seventh layer sounds and weren't lining up with the work that she did. So I kept asking questions. I'm trying to come up with what's going on, trying to get my answer, the revelation that we needed to move her forward because honestly, and I say this in the overview of the show, it concerns me that she's going to be received as no invitation possibly defensive, possibly, well, not probably not possibly that we don't get to be a part of it. And this is all off of one sound, one lead sound. And you have one lead sound and a second and a third and a fourth, fifth, sixth that are misrepresenting you. And these sounds were misrepresenting her. And I knew she was running the risk of being taken, uh, processed in the subconscious of the listener, not as the best version of herself. And I could talk about this. I'm talking about this particular person. I could talk about any of the people that I dealt with this With last week. This is one that's going to be out in the public. Her story is out in the public. You can listen to her story. You can listen to her talk about it. And so as I was answering, you know, asking her all these questions and getting to the bottom of what's, what is happening here, she revealed something to me in words that clearly was the issue. She said, I believe it was in college. It was in some, I don't remember if it was honestly in college or in her training. But a professor had said to her, you have got to change how you sound, or you are not going to sound professional. People are not going to take you seriously. People are not going to buy. They're not going to hire you. They're not going to listen to you. It's all this stuff. And literally that same week, I had somebody else that I was working with say, oh yeah, I was told I can't, I can't be myself because if I am, my voice is too, uh, uh, I don't remember the exact words she said, but the gist of it was you won't be taken serious. You'll come across ditzy. You'll come across silly. You'll come across uh, too girly. Okay. Okay. Let me just let me just have a minute, because oftentimes my response in that moment is, and how long have they been coaching voices? How long have they been researching voices? How long have they been diving into this work that I've done? And I know that's just my automatic response. And I know the people that say those things, they don't understand or even mean the harm that they're going to cause. Now, I'm not talking about people that before they were five, their mom told them to sit there and look pretty like mine did. I'm talking about people five years ago, three years ago, ten years ago, grown adults, grown people that mentors and professors and colleagues have said, if you don't change how you sound, you will never be taken seriously. You will never stand on stages. You will never get the money. You will never make the sale. And so what happens? Instantly, the subconscious goes, don't worry. I've got this. And the shutdown begins. The shutdown internally begins. The story is formed and dominates. And the habit gets locked in, is created and locked in, and the new habit goes something like this: "I'm talking to you like I am, but let's say, let's say I, I was told that I can't talk this way because I'm too intense, or I'm too direct, or, well, let's just make something up." And so I start talking like this. Now, this is actually never going to happen. But if somebody said, Tracy, you're too direct, you are really intense, which people have said to me. So I'm in my subconscious going, oh, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, I've got this. This is what we're going to do. And so now I talk really light and fun. Okay, that's exactly what happened when I was beaten in that play. And it wasn't that I was hit repeatedly in that play that did it. It was when I went to the director of that play. And if you haven't ever heard me tell that story, I'll tell it again sometime. I think I tell it in episode one or two of this show when I went to that director and I said, can you please ask him to stop hitting me, which was incredibly hard for me because I still couldn't really use my voice from the adults that said to me as a child, don't you ever say no to me. And she had a meltdown on me. That director had a meltdown on me and told me that I had chosen a profession in which I must suffer for my art. And if I couldn't do it, I'd be replaced. And in that instant... I started talking like this. See, this is what I'm dealing with, but in the reverse, actually. The week this happened, it was all women and it was all the reverse. Now, I'm not saying that they talked like silly girls. I'm not saying that. But they were all told something in which their subconscious created a habit that said, you've got to be professional and you've got to be serious and I don't care if you're nice and fun and light. We're not doing that because no one will ever buy. You'll never get, uh, they'll never listen to you. You're never going to be considered a professional. And so now everything, you're going to talk like this. I kid you not, five people in the same week. So it's not an either or It's not an either or. Either you're a silly girl or you're a professional. I've had the same thing happen with men. So I don't want to just be talking to the women. There was a man I worked with years ago and he had a higher range. Now, not, not, it really wasn't. It really wasn't too high. He Felt like it was because somebody told him it was and his subconscious went to work and trained him to shove his voice into a lower range. Borderline damage. And so when he got to me, I had to get him back to his real voice. And that's the bottom line here. You're not talking in your real voice. And if you're not talking in your real voice, we can't connect. You cannot have confidence. You cannot influence and persuade. You cannot captivate to the degree that you're capable of. Because you're not being you. And we can throw that term out authentic all day long, but do you know what that do, do you know what that means? It makes me crazy. Do we know what that even means? We make it theory. We go, yep, okay. I'm just going to be myself. That's it. That's right. Okay, friend, if it was that easy, 10, 15 years ago, you would have gone, well, you know what? I'm just going to be myself. It's in that how that the subconscious puts you in a trick box and starts saying things like, we're not doing that. That is not safe. That's not safe. We're not doing that. And honestly, you know, the, the voice before the statement, was that the real voice? Well, maybe not even then. Because that girlier voice, that sillier voice, that fun voice, that may be who the person was and it may fully represent them, but it could also be that was a facade. I know I've told this story a lot about the girl that I worked with. She was an actress. She was sent over to me by somebody, producer, director, somebody. I don't remember. It was quite some time ago. And she had a really intense nasality. And that nasality, I was working with her to get rid of it. And One day in the middle of our session, she said, you know, I didn't always sound like this. Of course, she was, she had it more like this. She said, you know, I didn't. And she was from New York as well. You know, I didn't always sound like this. And I said, well, why'd you start? And she said, because the prettiest, most popular girl in high school sounded that way. So we're letting all these other people influence us. She wanted to be like that, so she took on that sound. I have had countless entrepreneurs increase their revenue when we found their voice and they started delivering their webinars, their trainings, their videos in their real voice. I've got one right now. And she told me her retention is through the roof, that people are not leaving The webinar. I did a study on that two years ago with an eight figure entrepreneur, totally solved the retention problem. But we had to find her voice, not the voice of the gal that is successful. So I'll copy it. And I don't think we're consciously doing this. I think consciously we are doing some things like, oh, I've got to be really ramped up at the top of my training. We are consciously doing that because we saw somebody say we had to. But at the end of the day, we're giving all our power away. I'm going to give your power away and make you right immediately. And I'm going to do what you say I should do immediately. And then I'm going to wonder, why am I not making the sales? Why am I not increasing my following? Why am I not you fill in the blank? But we do this, we give this power away for a lot of different reasons. Survival. We don't want to make them mad. We are so sure that they must be right before we're right. We do it for safety. I got to do what I got to just play it safe. I got to do what you think I ought to do because I got to stay safe. Worth. If you think worth doesn't play into this, all of this voice stuff, think again. That's really what we're dealing with here my choice, my voice, who I really am, surely can't be enough worth. And when we start looking at professors, bosses, it's a no-brainer. Of course they know more than we do. Of course they're right. Of course I've got to do what they tell me to do. Now, everybody's not that way, but many people are. I hear regularly about I'm good unless the people intimidate me. I'm good unless the people are authority. And then if I'm dealing with authority or dealing with people that are above me or dealing with, then I can't communicate. Okay, that shouldn't be the way it is. So if that's you, we need to look at that. I'm not saying be disrespectful. I'm just saying you're giving your power away way too fast and that it's exhausting to hold up facades that don't represent you when you, at your core, at your real voice, really are more than enough we have to get you back to that. It's not something I can hand you. It's not a slow down. It's not a pause. It's an unraveling of all the layers that are blocking it. It is still in there. That's partly, that is partly why that people like James Wedmore called me the secret weapon because I can hear those layers. They aren't automatically right Now, there are factors that play into all of this, no doubt, but it's not an either-or. We can take what they say into consideration, and we can also reflect upon what it is that we are putting out, and is that the best version of us or not? And then we can get some strategies in place to find that best version But it's not an either-or. It's not, I have to completely abandon who I am to be who you think I should be because I'm not sure you know. It's subjective. And then we continue to play out the same habit, the same story, same habit, same story. Well, I can't because they're going to think I'm not professional. Well, I can't because they're going to think I'm you fill in the blank. Are you getting tired of being what everybody says you should be? And that's the way we're taught. Read the room. Change who you are. Don't rock the boat. Don't upset anybody. I do think it's probably, well, I don't think. I know based on some of the research that I've done, there are more of these societal implications on women's voices than men's voices. But I also think, and I haven't done this study specifically, but I can reflect back on the thousands of people I've coached over the years, and I can say pretty pretty confidently the higher-pitched, nice-girl voice is something that people adopted as well. And then that becomes the professional voice because, well, you're not going to be taken seriously with a pitch like that. And we never really know who you are. And maybe you don't even really know who you are either. But maybe it's time to find out. I would say in 2023, where people are seeking connection and authenticity on a level we've never seen before, I would say that they are. Are you ready to do that? Are you ready to find your real voice? Because I think it's time. All right, I'm going to wrap it up. Food for thought. Think about it. What are you doing? And who said something to you to cause you to do it? Make sure you check out the new show psychology of the voice podcast hope to see you in one of the free trainings that's it for today thanks for being here and i'll see you next time thanks for listening to captivate the room with tracy goodwin you can reach out to her at captivatetheroom.com and be sure to grab the voice formula a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today if you've enjoyed this episode Please leave a review on iTunes.